0: Today, Kate, a little, a little bit different than yes, normal. Yes, because we had talked about it before. Now his book is out. Look, dun, 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 I've got a copy right here. Fourteen fresh ways to enjoy the Bible, Jim. We have been talking about this book for a long time, and to actually hold it in my hand—that's pretty yeah, cool. And what a great way to—it's. Uh, being released now just like the movie just like asbury you know maybe something's happening here
1: amen you attention. and i both are yeah we're really i'm really excited to finally see it in in print and uh yeah so the launch date is march 7th uh but it's ready in the warehouse and hopefully it'll be uh, available soon for people to to purchase
0: wow this has been a labor of love how long has it taken you to write this thing
1: I mean, really, it's, uh, you really say a lifetime, but really, it's the, the last uh, 15 years I've been kind of processing these things and finally uh, decided I need to uh, disseminate this in a way that uh, really kind of crystallizes what I've been uh, really focusing on, uh, but also to uh, just really encourage people to just get more into the Word. It's really great. and I. I have benefited myself from these things, and I just want others to also see them. Yes.
0: Everybody take notes. All right, so many times, Jim, you've told us this. This is your quote. The most read book in all the world is the Bible, but sadly, it is not read well. (laughs) Tell us more about that. Unpack that for us. What what does that really mean?
1: Well, I think, you know, we as believers, uh, we really do want to be people of the book, and we get a lot on how to study the Bible, but we've never really given people tools on how to read the Bible. And what I mean by that is just what you should be looking for as you, you know, are in your easy chair, as you're at your kitchen table, as you're at the coffee shop, when you open up God's Word, what are some things that could just make you an active reader uh, rather than just being passive, just uh, just kind of soaking it in, which is good, But I want it to be more dialogical and where you're having a conversation with with the biblical authors, both human and divine, to just try to say, what is it you're trying to say here? And there's just some basic communication techniques that all communicators use. And if we're just aware of them, that can really go a long way to help us uh, get more and freshen up our Bible reading.
0: And you know what? That's what we need a lot of times. We need to freshen up uh, our reading of the Word because one of the dangers, Jim, is that we become overly familiar with the Bible, and that familiarity with it for those of us who've been walking with Jesus for quite some time, and maybe have read through the Bible uh, for you know maybe several times, is that we we become we become overly familiar in a way that doesn't breed contempt, of course, but it just it, it just seems kind of kind of dull. For oh, I know what this is all about. I know what's going to happen next. That's a mindset we need to toss out the window, isn't it?
1: Oh, it sure is. And that's really what I'm trying to uh, help people along with that is to say, what can you do to uh, make you a more engaged reader? And it's, uh, these techniques that I talk about in the book are really simple to, uh, to apply and to look for. Uh, and so really, that's the, the heart of what I'm all trying to do is to get people to listen to the heartbeat of the text by trying to pick up what clues, what breadcrumbs uh, the biblical authors are leaving for us to kind of already pursue. Oftentimes we come at the Bible with our questions, which is great. I answer questions for you guys every Monday morning and I love to do that. But at the same time, I also like it to where I want to sit down and listen and be at the feet of the biblical authors to say, what is it that you want to communicate? Not just always answering our questions, but what is it that you're trying to say? And that really is the heart of what I'm
0: trying to do in the book. Boy, you do it well, because we have uh, been beneficiaries of some of your thoughts already here on the show as you have unpacked them uh, during your Monday visits. But um, I'd, like to, I'd love to cover all 14 of these fresh ways that you talk about in your book. I'm not sure if we're going to get to all 14, but I do want to devote a lot of time to this. First impressions is number one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's basically where whenever a biblical character appears in the pages of God's Word, isolate three things to look for, first actions, first words, and uh, any physical descriptors, and tease that out to see what does that say about the character. Because biblical authors have to be very brief. They can't say everything, but they are often very uh, descriptive of what that character is going to be like all the way that we see them the rest of the time in the Scriptures, both good and bad.
0: All right. So first impressions, uh, that's easy to remember. First things first. Okay, so just pay attention to what they're doing and what they're saying. All right, how about read the labels?
1: Yeah, this one is really fun. Uh, Most of the time when we read the Bible, we kind of got the details down, who it is that's being there. But I I want the readers to watch the descriptors that are given around these characters. Uh, What kind of terms are used to describe them? Is it an ethnic term, Ruth the Moabitess, uh, Laban the Aramean? uh, Or is it an occupation, you know, Rahab the Harlot or Simon the Tanner? Uh, Or do they use familial terms, Uh, brother-in-law, mother-in-law, those kind of uh, terms. And so those really give you a description of how the the narrator, the author, wants us to view the characters, what uh, kind of light we should see them in, but also how the other characters view each other. And it's really a fun thing to do.
0: So you guys hopefully can see where we're going with this, how it's a a fresh look at uh, the scriptures and how it really does... Expand uh, your thinking about all of this, I love this. This is great uh, all right so step up to the mic. what's that all about?
1: Yeah, uh, I wish somebody would have told me early on when I was reading the Bible. look for quotation marks uh basically, the narrator is the one who controls the script as it were the you know the whole scene, but oftentimes the narrator will yield up the microphone to a character within the story. That's what I call step up to the mic. And so he yields the microphone over to a character story. and We hear the characters speak in their own words. And just like Proverbs tells us, you know, out of the mouth uh, we see the heart. And so we see what motivates a character by looking at what it is that these people Characters say uh, in quotation marks. It's a real simple one, and one that I really do all the time on my own. Now is I'm reading the Bible. Why did you give up the microphone to one of the characters? Ah, and I see why because you're letting us see uh, what really is motivating this character's actions at this point.
0: Wow, I love that. Oh, look like at the that, yeah. uh, look for the quotes. Okay, launching pad is next.
1: Yeah, you guys in Florida understand the launching pad, uh, how important it is to have a good foundation uh, for the rockets uh, to take off. Uh, Really, it's the idea of looking very closely at the early material as presented in a Bible book. Uh, Our books today have table of contents. We kind of know what's happening. Uh, but the biblical authors use a technique where they front load a lot of themes, uh, kind of almost in cryptic kind of ways, but they help you, the reader, to kind of be primed for what's going to be happening downstream. And so just paying extra close attention to what's being communicated at the front part of a book and then seeing how those themes get developed further on down, down the line.
0: Beautiful bookends. Interesting.
1: Yeah, this is where uh, we have matching bookends where uh, either whole books or sections of, of the scriptures begin and end with the same kind of notion. So a good example is Matthew 1, you know, his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, And then you go to the very end of the book of Matthew, and you have, lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so that Emmanuel with us, God with us theme is a book ending, the entire gospel of Matthew. And it also helps us to see a theme that's going to be stressed throughout the middle of the book. And this happens way more often than we might
0: think. Here's another thought too, um, and, and I'd love to give, get your take on this. When reading the Bible this way, um, is it good for us to have extensive references, cross references, and translator notes? Do you think these are helpful if we, if we're approaching things uh, through your method here?
1: They can be, but they can also be too much data, uh, mm-hmm. and then it gets kind of hard. And so, basically, I'm trying to simplify. Uh, just say, okay. Spend more time at the front material. Uh, Of course, that kind of assumes that you already have read the whole book before, so you can kind of already begin to see how there's precursors to uh, notions already early on. Uh, but then also like bookends, you know, you look at the beginning uh, chapter of a book and then without the, looking at the middle, go right to the end and see Is there are similar notions that are being communicated at the end that are, that are in the sense of, uh, mentioned at the beginning. And so it's these kind of techniques, I think, that really make us, yes, you can uh, get benefit from cross-references, but that's more of a detailed analysis mm. uh, kind of study. This is more broad picture, kind of looking for uh, what's within the book itself that we can track.
0: So maybe a good idea is to get a copy of the scriptures that is without the notes or cross-references, just clean text.
1: Yes, there are some what I call readers' Bibles, I was surprised that publishers didn't latch on to this earlier, uh, that come without chapter and verse numbers. Uh, Because sometimes those uh, kind of stop or or kind of influence our reading. Mm. And so that's something that uh, there are a number. There's the books of the Bible now. ESV has a reader's Bible, uh, the Crossway Publishers. And so there's Bibles now that are great for just reading. They're not great for study in a group or church because you really have a hard time trying to figure out what reference somebody is is speaking about. But if you're just on your own, uh, single-column reading, that's the way we read books today. Uh, it really makes it more like a reading kind of experience rather than a, uh,
0: a class. Did you have an aha moment while you were writing this book?
1: Yeah. What, what was really fun is I, I always kind of uh, uh, have a little bit of distaste for authors who cherry-pick examples of uh, the technique that they're showing, but then they never really show how it works in real text. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I was going through, I came up with these 14 kind of fresh ways, and I said, you know what, let me see if they work in a particular one book. And so I just decided to take the book of Daniel, and lo and behold, all of the techniques are present in the book of Daniel. And it just really surprised me that uh, they're all present in one book. Now, normally that's not the case with these techniques. Sometimes they're more geared towards the narrative books, the Gospels and the historical books. Uh, some of them are geared for uh, all books, like the Early On material, the, the Launching Pad. But the Book of Daniel, I was amazed that it contained all 14 of them. It was really fun. It was an oh, awesome cool. for
0: That's cool. Yeah, because in your book you have a test case and you lay it all out there for the Book of Daniel. I love this. Okay, guys, just to recap. First impressions. Read the labels. Step up to the mic. Launching Pad. Beautiful bookends. Well, we're going to pick up uh, with the uh, the next fresh way to enjoy the Bible when we come back. How about object lessons? That's next.
1: Yeah, pay attention to the objects that are mentioned in the text. They're almost like props, you know, like uh, certain uh, modern literature and films, especially lightsabers for the Jedi Knights in the Star Wars uh, uh, franchise, Sometimes there's objects associated with characters, like uh, we have rocks with the story of Jacob, we have clothes with the story of Joseph, we have water and staff with Moses, uh, and so sometimes not always, but sometimes there's an associated object that's associated with the characters, and they they actually uh, help to kind of give some some meaning to the surrounding text.
0: Let me fill out the list here. All right, first impressions, read the label, step up to the mic, launching pad, beautiful bookends, object lessons. we were just talking about that. Poetic diamonds, location, 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 clock management, out of order. You can say that again. X marks the spot, heads up, and deja vu.
1: Thanks to our listeners. Again, you've been, uh, uh, again, just a big part of my uh, weekly routine. And uh, I, I wish a blessing on you and all of our listeners.